The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Imagine this, you go to see your doctor, you go to see your GP, and before you tell your doctor what's been going on, your symptoms, etc., etc. The doctor just gives you some pills and shows you out the door. You would hope in today's day and age this would never happen because clearly the doctor needs to do some type of assessment first. They need to ask you some questions about what your symptoms are, maybe how long you felt unwell for, um, find out if you've got any past medical history, any potential allergies to any of the medications they might give you. They might even examine you, They'll have a look down your throat, take your temperature, listen to your chest, etc., etc. Then at that point, prescribe you with the right advice or medication for your illness. If this actually happened, you know, if they did just give you some pills and, and show you out the door, you'd consider that bad practice, wouldn't you? We'd consider that poor practice, and that's quite, you know, quite easy to see. But as poor as this is, many therapists do exactly the same thing. They do the same thing day in and day out with their patients. And the way this usually looks is that you go through your assessment and even if you're unsure about what the problem is and what the diagnosis is, you carry on regardless. You prescribe rehab, you use treatment techniques that you're comfortable with, but not necessarily the, are the right treatment techniques or rehab exercises for your patient. Maybe you use you know techniques and exercises that have worked well in the past with similar patients or Maybe just use something random you've seen that week on Instagram. And this really is no different to that bad doctor. You should never start treating your patient until you are clear about what you are actually trying to fix. So in today's podcast episode, I'm going to go through three simple steps you can follow to ensure you don't make this big mistake and ensure that you can actually clinically reason any treatment technique or any rehab exercise you use with your patient. So number one, is all around setting expectations. So I think there's a, a lot of confusion in the therapy world generally about the assessment, and in particular, the initial assessment. And you know, for me, there's three you know, key things we're trying to achieve with the initial assessment, and they are, number one, to identify what problem or problems your patient has. Number two, to identify your patient's end goal of treatment. 
And number three, outline a treatment plan to your patient, showing them how they're going to get back from A to B, from injury and back to full health. So that's it. So identify the problems, identify the end goal of treatment. So that's the outcome that you're going for and then outline a treatment plan to get you from injury to the outcome goal. And that's it. Only when you've done these three things would you then consider your treatments and rehab. So even, you know, even with complex cases, even with more difficult patients that you that you might see, that I think the key, the real key thing here is you need to do a really good job with those three things. And ultimately, that just comes down to your assessment. That's what it is. It is your, your subjective and your objective assessment. That's how we're going to find the problem list. That's how we're going to know what our patient's end goal is. That's how we're going to be able to outline a treatment plan. Then ultimately, your hands-on work and your and your exercises is the treatment plan. That's actually how you're actually going to affect the treatment plan. But outline a treatment plan, you can do that, and you should be doing this before you get hands-on and before you start prescribing rehab if you do you know a thorough job with those three you know three things in most cases that's going to take up the bulk if not all of your initial assessment and that's fine you know if you've got time for treatment and rehab at the end that's great but this should never happen never never happen at the expense of a rushed patient assessment because if you miss important information in the assessment you might miss something sinister that you might need to refer on to somebody else, or you might diagnose the wrong th- the wrong problem. And the reason the problem with this is then you're going to start treating the wrong problem. Clearly, failure to miss something you know sinister is is important, um, but also equally is the identification of the right problem because you know if you treat the wrong problem, the likelihood is your patient is not going to get better and. Put yourself in your patient's shoes. So patients want to get fixed. Usually they want to get fixed up as fast as possible without any sort of flare-ups in their symptoms and without re-injury. And that might seem super obvious. But before we can do that, we need our patients to understand what problems they have got and what is actually causing their symptoms. So you might actually think, and this is probably one of the biggest misconceptions in therapy, you might think you're delivering a better service to your patients by doing treatment, doing rehab in that first session, but you're not if you're sacrificing this for precious assessment time. And if you've you know flown through your assessment, missed important things out, you know, the likelihood is, you know, you, you probably don't get the results that you want. And the long and short of it is, if you do a poor assessment, there's a much higher chance that you're going to identify the wrong patient problems. And what this results in is a waste of time, effort and energy for you and your patient focusing on the wrong issue. So with any initial assessment, you need to make it super clear to your patient at the start of the session what the aim of that initial assessment is. So again, this is something you'd do within the first probably couple of minutes of, of the appointment. And and typically the way I teach the therapist that I that I work with a mentor is you know, the very first part of the session should be talking about anything other than their injury, just to try and settle them into the environment, asking them if they've got parked up okay, asking them what the weather's like outside, ask them what they've had on you know earlier that day. Then the next thing and, and again, we, before we start asking them about their injury and everything else, is telling them, the I guess, the, the setup of the session and what we're actually trying to achieve. So it might go something and sound something like this. 
The aim of this session is to find out more about you and your injury, help us to identify what's going on, and for us together to devise a treatment plan that is going to help you get back to the activities that your current injury is stopping you from doing. Happy? And then your patient will answer, and then you're away. Number two, a really important factor is not rushing. So after you've set your expectations about the session, about the main focus of that initial assessment, this should in theory, put less pressure on you not to feel like you have to rush through. You've told your patient, in effect, that the main thing that you're wanting to do is basically your subjective and objective assessment. That's that's what you've told them. You've not mentioned treatment. You've not mentioned rehab. They might have an expectation that you're going to do those things, but you've told them that the reason why you might not do that. You've told them the focus of the session is to, to find out what's going on and to devise a treatment plan, which again is your subjective and your objective assessment. It's not treatment, it's not rehab. If you have time to do those things, awesome, but not at the expense of your assessment. In regards to the subjective assessment, it comes at the start for a very good reason because it informs everything you do after that point. It informs what you do next, in particular, what you're going to test during your objective assessment, and in particular, your special test that you might use for the patient that's in front of you. You know, if you get this wrong, and I'm talking here about the subjective assessment, then it could quite easily send you down the wrong path, trying to look for and test for issues that do not actually need addressing. So if at any point you're a little bit unsure about what your patient's trying to describe in the subjective assessment, if they're what they're saying is just not really adding up and not really you know quite making sense, stop. You know, please don't make the mistake of just carrying on and you know worried that you've you're against the clock, you need to get to the end of a session again to do your hands-on work to give some rehab before you, the session ends. You know, don't do that. Don't be worried about repeating questions or asking patients to clarify certain things, maybe asking the, the question in a slightly different way. Again, your patient might just not understand it. You might have to just you know, give the same question in a slightly different format to get the answers that you need. If something doesn't add up and what your patient is reporting does not make sense in your head, if your patient's answers seem a little bit different to what you might expect given the rest of their assessment, there's probably a good reason why. So what you need to do in terms of your assessment is just trying to make sure that your patient's actually injury story makes sense and that there's no gaps in it because unless you get that sort of full subjective history which includes a proper past medical history and you're not clear on what the end goal is with your patient and what you're actually trying to achieve it makes your job almost impossible only when you have this information and only when should you then progress to your objective assessment. And then finally, in regards to the objective assessment, number three is all about trying to focus on finding the problems and not the diagnosis. So even with the best assessment in the world, there'll be times, there'll be patients, there'll be injuries that you assess where finding the exact you know, specific injury or structure is almost impossible to diagnose. Nine times out of 10, this doesn't matter. So that's, again, again, to take some pressure off you, if you actually look for the right things, if you can't find the diagnosis, in most cases, in the majority of cases, it doesn't actually matter. And providing you've not rushed through your assessments, you'll come to the end of your objective assessments. You've done your subjective, you've done your objective, and what you'll have done first and foremost is ruled out any sinister problems 
and you'll have a list of problems that you intend to fix. So to make it really clear, these problems are not the diagnosis. A diagnosis might be patella tendinopathy, you know, subscap pain. It might be, you know, anterior ankle joint pain or whatever. I don't know, an ATFL injury, whatever. They're, they're a diagnosis. They're a specific structure, a ligament, tendon, bone, whatever it may be that is causing a problem. That's a diagnosis. The problems are the issues your patient is having that are giving them pain or impacting their function or a combination of both. So it's really important to remember that whilst you should always try to identify a diagnosis, that this might not always be possible. And the important thing for us, and probably why it's not as important as you might think, as a therapist, you don't treat a diagnosis anyway. You actually treat the patient's symptoms like a loss of strength, a loss of range of movement, maybe instability, balance, proprioception, poor movement, pain. Those are the things we treat as therapists and what you treat as therapists. You don't treat the diagnosis. You don't treat a patella tendinopathy. Or you don't treat an ATFL. You treat the symptoms, don't you? An ATFL acutely is going to blow up. You're going to use your acute injury management to try and dampen down the swelling, the pain, get them moving, restore range of movement, restore strength around the ankle, restore, you know, restore, sorry, single leg balance, proprioception, you know, get them hopping, jumping around, get them running again. That's what you treat. That's what we do as, as therapists. We don't necessarily treat, we don't treat the, the ATFL, do we? Or the patella tendon. We, we treat symptoms. So a great assessment with or without a diagnosis will give you the information that you need. And that information that it will give you is a list of problems. What you need to do then is to prioritise these problems and then you can get to work with your treatment plan to fix them up. So I hope this helps. I hope this helps in terms of your management, in terms of how you know you've, you've I guess, you're on the right track with your patients. And I guess the key thing here is if you get your assessments wrong, not only could you miss something sinister, but you're going to end up wasting your time, effort and energy and your patients' time, effort and energy on the wrong thing. So if that's, this sounds like you, then let me help you out. So Either you know, ping me a message on any of my socials, send me an email, which is andy at newgraphphysio.com. And just reach out to me and let me know. And if you if you DM me or if you message me the word assessment, I'll get right back to you with some help. So what I'll what I'll do is I'll walk you through, I'll help you, you know, whether that's via message or we contact another way, and I'll walk you through how to structure a super simple but logical and structured assessment so you feel prepared and confident for any patient that might walk through your door I'll, sh I'll tell you some of the exact questions that i use and some of the tests that i use with every single assessment that i do whether that's i'm working with a professional athlete or whether i'm working with a member of the general public in my clinic this is exactly the same you know format and way that i teach the therapists that i work with in the new grad physio membership so dm or email send me the word just a subject assessment and i'll get right back to you with some help as always really appreciate your time and attention to join me on the new grad physio 
podcast. If I don't speak to you before then, I'll join you on the next episode of the new Grad Physio podcast. So thanks again for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the new Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.